Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 166. Our guest tonight, Runaway Souls.
Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. Great job, Super y'all. Super cool. So, David and I were talking about this. The way all this came about, uh, we'd all played with each other in different bands. David and I have been playing together I don't know, 10, 12 years in, in different bands. And uh, Darren and I were in a petty tribute band together. And uh, our bass player, Donnie, was in that band for a while. And uh, it just kind of grew organically. And so it started out as a, a Crows tribute band. So <laughs> David and I were in a cover band that played a bunch of different things. And <laughs> I wrote Black Crows on the yeah. band, man. I was like, man, it's got such you know, a groove. I'm yeah. not going to run away from that. I mean, you I shouldn't. found a singer who had an amazing not. voice that, that just nailed that stuff. And uh, and so that was fun. Um, and then, you know, the pandemic hit. It was like, do we want to keep playing somebody else's stuff? And, uh, you know, we had my family, what we refer to as the Trauma Olympics. And I'm not going to give you the scorecard of all the you know, terrible shit that went down. But I had a lot of free time. And, uh, you know, because we couldn't, I work in medical devices, couldn't go to the hospital, couldn't go anyplace. And so I'm sitting there with a guitar and my wife was going through chemo. And so I would like make little videos and just make up songs to try and make her laugh. And so I don't know that she listened to half of that shit. But (laughs) uh, one of them, uh, which was called Shelter With You, I was like walking around talking to David. I'm like, you know, that's not a terrible song. Like we could record that. And FPK was doing a big five O tunes thing on their, you know, COVID diaries and all that. So we it, recording during COVID was painful, right? Cause mm-hmm. it was like, you know, one at a time going oh, in yeah. and we had to be super careful because of my wife's issue and all that. And then it's like, well, that was fun. And then more stuff starts coming out. I hadn't put record out since I was in college and, uh, more out David and I would like send stuff back. I'd send these terrible voice note recordings. <laughs> And he'd listen to him. And that song that we just played was intended to be, I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, it's, it's just really about hanging out at home during a pandemic because there's nothing you can do. And it's just about trying to wish away time. Um, and it was intended like when we first were doing it, it kind of had this kind of acoustic kind of groove to it. Like, you know, Saturday afternoon, you're day drinking barefoot in the backyard with your dog. Hmm. Like it'd be the song that dog would write. (laughs) <laughs> and then we got in the studio and then it was like distortion and we can play loud and we haven't been able to play loud in forever. And the, the album version is great. And I love that, but I always wanted us to be able to do it like this. Ah, uh, now you got it. Yeah. yeah. man. <laughs> David tell you his side of the story. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's doing some cover band stuff for a while and you start to emulate, you know, as a singer, you try to kind of, you know, catch some of the, the the real vibe of these these original songs and you know, some of it challenge trying to find your own voice you know mm. um yeah going from you know just genre to genre in some cases these these cover bands that we were we were going with and yeah all of a sudden we start playing well i mean first of all brian and I are both huge crows fans but we start mm. playing start playing more and more crows and the other bands or you know our previous band just starts to you know uh not you know, realize where we were going, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it was easy. It was an easy transition to kind of start doing a tribute to them, just given um, kind of where I where I felt comfortable vocally, I think. Um, and um, it kind of, I think we just got comfortable with that, you know, Southern rock kind of bluesy sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, COVID is one of those things, you know, such a, that kind of thing, that kind of world pandemic, you know, we couldn't go out and, playing bars so 
we didn't want to stop. And we had like a nice practice space we had to give up because we couldn't couldn't go in there. And um, yeah, that's when Brian Brian been play, and I have been playing so long. He knew how I sounded. He kind of I think he wrote wrote to me a little bit. Yeah, um, it was, in it terms was of, with that, like when I would write things, it would be like your voice would be the way the lyrics would sound. So we right. played together a long time, and that was the voice I wanted to hear. Mm. And doing a lot of the crow stuff, you were talking about the open tuning thing. Uh, I mean, it's easy to think Keith Richards, and, and he's brilliant. Nobody writes better songs. But you get into Lowell George and Rich Robinson, and you, you start learning that, and you start learning all these weird chords that don't exist in standard tuning. And God bless Darren for putting up with this. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I'll send diagrams and shit. Uh, <laughs> you'll see it. In, in, yeah. No, it gets crazy, but you know, it's easy to make these really interesting and pretty combinations or things that don't normally work uh, in a standard tune guitar. I mean, there's a lot of uh, bouncing back and forth between B flat and G that sounds super cool when you do it here. And on a regular standard tune guitar, you would never do that. It's just unnatural. And so it opened up all this stuff. And then, I don't know, once you start, listening, you know, you're sitting at home listening to records because I don't want to. <laughs> and like, oh, I wonder if we could do something kind of in this vein. And, you know, things just, you, if you've ever written music, you know, you just sit down, you're playing guitar, and all of a sudden you're playing something that you didn't mean to play. Mm. And you catch yourself by surprise, and you're like, wow, that was cool. And try and remember what it was, or you try and do it again. And then, you know, the, the iPhone voice notes thing. I was going to say, thank mm-hmm. God for voice memos, yeah, right? man. Otherwise, remembering the days of remembering. Are you out of your mind? Oh, <laughs> I, forgot, many, I forgot how to remember. How many yeah. times has my <laughs> wife watched me run out of a room to write, to like make a recording of some mediocre guitar riff that I thought up in my head? <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, you start listening to other things. You're like, oh, if I took this piece and I put it with that piece, and that's, uh, we have a song guaranteed catastrophe that I could not figure out the chorus to. And I had something else that was supposed to be the verse. I was like, no, wait, put those together. Worked well enough for us. That's Less amazing how quickly, like, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, what it, just how quickly you, you got the character of a song comes together, just, you know, sending over a voice recording on your iPhone and then just putting some, some melody over it. And then doing, you know, making some adjustments and stuff. I don't, I, I think the first five songs that we recorded, we had never actually played as a band, you know, which is kind of oh, crazy. Wow. And, and we kind of shot some of that mm-hmm. stuff back and forth. And then finally, when the, we got to a, a place of comfort with the pandemic, we finally got together and we got to finish out, I think, this, you know, not, not sequentially in the album, but the second half of that album, um, actually being able to, created as a full band was like super That's nice interesting yeah. man that is very very interesting to think about that yeah half the album is without seeing each other the other half is in a room or you know together grinding it out that has to does it sound like two different albums or does it sound like it all right and also is it set up in that order can you no, tr- it's not in that order on the record because we kind of wanted oh, that to sequence mic up it. a little bit oh, yeah, it's yeah. not in that order on the record we wanted to sequence it just the way the songs kind of flowed together but i mean i remember I, going out to my deck with a measuring tape i mean nope that's, that's eight personal feet man to- <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, no. Sorry, okay no, no, that's, no. that's what he uses the <laughs> ruler <for. laughs> i'll have you know i go metric with that <laughs> it bad, helps yeah. me a lot but uh, you know i was literally measuring space and uh 
Taryn and our old drummer and bass player would come over and we'd kind of work on these things. And, uh, and then David would come over and we'd, we'd all like, it was all a small group. But like David said, we didn't really play all of these songs together until uh, right before the Delta variant because we were going to play a show at the Melwood Tavern. It's like, well, we get to practice. We get to play. And we never played these things together. They're like, I can't wait to play this with the band. <laughs> yeah. This sounds fabulous. Speaking of the band, why don't you all go introduce yourselves real quick to everybody. Uh, go around the room and... Uh, you got to go this... drummer first, right? Because he wasn't ready. Mike, man. Yeah, That's a true drummer. Down, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Jim Becker and I'm the drummer. And I am the newest member of the band. I've only been playing with them since started rehearsing in October and did the first gig in December. Oh, right on, man. Not even a year deep, huh? All right. addition, though. Nice. So I'm Woody, Woody Woodmancy. I'm playing keys here. I was uh, super psyched when they asked me to come uh, put down some tracks on the, the album, Karma Delivery. And actually, I think you, Brian was like, hey, do you want to come play our album release party? Oh, and also... You have to record the album. <laughs> yeah. but, like, that actually checks out. Dude, but. That's, uh, that's a great hook. Great way to hook them in. Yeah. You know, I, sales is what I do. But uh, so <laughs> Keys was the, was the thing, Brian, I've we been wanting that. for years. Mm, I yeah. mean, if you know the crows and all that. But it's yeah. just, it adds that element that I think we've, we've needed. So, yeah, I mean. But the ultimate magic adding Woody is, is huge. The ultimate magic is sitting between us. Oh, yeah. With Ashley. Introduce yourself, my friend. Yeah, I'm Ashley Vega. I'm a harmony singer. I wrote the 99% of the harmonies. and point nine. Uh, point 0.9. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's been great. Um, it's been a fantastic journey, I think. And I uh, have a good space to create that and do a lot of different projects. So this is the one I get to play with the harmonies in. So, well, cool. There's nothing better than a good harmony. No, man. And we, we have another uh, singer that works with Ashley, normally Tony Carroll who we wish was here, and she's been slammed with work and can't. But that sound, uh, and everybody brought people in. Uh, our former bass player, Aaron Wagner, uh, knew Tony and Ashley. We were like, yeah, yeah, you can find somebody that's great. Bring them in. And there was a third person who, uh, like, Tony yeah. and Ashley came in. They've got, like, this dark hair, and they look totally rock and roll. And the other girl looked like she was 16 with blonde hair and a pair of kids. And we're like, hey, listen, y'all are great. And she's lovely, but <laughs> this is going to be problematic. <laughs> Somebody's going to think we abducted her. Right. Well, Tony and I, we worked together at the time and we taught and then we, I, you know, at the same school and vocal uh, coaches. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. I did some of that and then administrative side of things. So we knew each other from that. Aaron comes to the desk and he's like, do you know anybody that sings? I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> he was like, "Do you know anybody else that sings?" I said, "Tony, she's great." <laughs> like, Aaron, what are you? What are you thinking here? Well, I'm thinking of a, a acapella bass group. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was very curious at that point. So that was Let's the situation. Sounds good. Really. <laughs> and then what Woody was joking about was, uh, so Woody's wife's a great photographer, and she came to shoot a show that we played. And uh, I guess you knew James, right? So it, it's a small community. So James Hewitt, former drummer. And James comes up to me and goes, Hey, James doesn't drum anymore? No. Uh, <laughs> and so no. we traded a James for a Jim. No, it was just James, former drummer. Yeah. Just well, a former drummer. I don't think they've got to be named I something mean, James. He's a arms. great guy. We love him. Yeah, <laughs> Things just, don't work you know, out, Jim. Jerry things. is just right there. <laughs> he had some other priorities. Yeah. And 
You know. Oh, I, I was having beers with him the other night. He's already looking at another kit. He's 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 not letting it go. But yeah, he's just right. he's, yeah, got, he's got go three girls under the age drummers. of four. I think oh, so. Oh, I think wow. he's hooked. It's, had to, had to find that balance, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in small enough world, he and I used used to work together for like six years. Mm-hmm. Former drummer. Yes. So to stuff. be in this band, you had to be a former coworker. Of one of you. I, somebody had a that. Layers layers of <laughs> I mean, this town is like the Million Man Mayberry, yeah. right? Everybody yeah. knows everybody somehow. Yeah. That's true. That's why you can't cut people off in traffic because it's one of your <laughs> mom's friends, most likely. Yeah. But uh, it gives you the finger. You're like, how do my mom's friends just give me the finger? <laughs> and you know what? You just got to smile. Saw you with scrapbooking class. Yeah, she's you know? 74. Hey, how are you? Okay. You, <laughs> Ethel. <Let it> <laughs> I think we need to do like a family tree of all the bands who musicians oh, play with each other. It's Louisville, though, so it's a shrub because it doesn't really branch. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we've uh, we've been doing this this podcast for, I don't know, almost four years now. Brad and I, who's... Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks, but um, that's the one thing that is the common denominator uh, in Louisville music scene is everybody supports or plays with or uh, goes to shows of other artists. I mean, it, it is the most supportive uh, and inclusive community as long as people know what's going on or aren't playing mm-hmm. um, that night. It, it just, it seems to... to to be the case anyway, because everybody we have had we've had nobody come in here and trash another artist, another band, another anything that has oh, to wait, do with don't this. get us started. Hang on. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's just well, I mean it is. There there's I can't think of any time. Every everybody's just super supportive of each other and we've had, you know, people in here four and five times playing with four and five groups. It's it's just a very, very unique and and like you said, it's it's a small community so inside of that small community is a small community where everybody just seems to support each other, man. It's it's been the biggest pleasant surprise um, on this end of it, uh, being able to talk and kind of get the feeling of that. And um, you know, like this guy, he he plays all the time, and and people share his stuff, and other musicians support, and it's just it's cool, man. It's it's been it's been awesome to see. Truly, truly. So. Um, all right, you guys. I th- I'm ready for another one. Y'all yeah. want to play another song for us? Do that. All right, uh, give us what are you gonna play. Sure. Oh, um, this one's called "She Gave Me." Yeah.
All right, so I can't quit thinking about the record. I, 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 so 
I'm super interested, and I wonder if has anybody ever listened? Have you ever listened to it? <laughs> Sorry to be stuck on this. My no, no, brain works no. in weird ways. Have you ever listened to it with the song? How many songs are on it? Ten. Is it five and five? Did you uh, do five I mean, pre five? Yeah, we, it's streaming. I so. but yeah, I mean, in terms of like playing, as far as recording, did you so, do five without seeing each other and five with seeing each other? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right, I think so it was five. Yeah, I want to know. Have you ever listened to those in not in order like of your but but, but had, did you listen to the five that you recorded alone, and then the five that you recorded and wrote as a group back to back to back to back? You know what I mean? Like here's these like five. A beat them kind of thing. I want to know if like there if you can hear it in the recording the period in time where we were living in. Yeah. You, you can. know? You, because, so, like, for a great example is uh, we were working on uh, the song we're going to play next, Guaranteed Catastrophe. And so Darren and I got together at the house, and David and I worked on it a bunch. And, uh, like, we had it. But, you know, there's stuff that you do when you play it live, like play the guitar solo. And so, you know, there's a big gap in there. And so James, our former drummer, and I went in the studio and we put down the backing track which is that's the way we would do it james and i'd go in together into the studio donnie the bass player owns the studio it's at his house bbd labs and uh we'd go in and then everybody else would come in after and uh then we would hear those parts and so on the first song uh shelter i went back in and donnie's like listen to this and he had added keyboards and it was that thing of like it was collaborative, but not all at the same time. And you can definitely hear a difference. Like we first time we heard the guitar solo for catastrophe, David and I were like, that's brilliant, but not maybe what we need. Mm. Instead of us working together on stuff where we can kind of, you know how it is. You play with people, you get the eye contact from somebody of like, oh, maybe I should do it different. Let me try this. All right. Let me let me say it in a different way because I don't think that I, I I agree with that. Yes, that there's definitely a difference when you layer things in. And go in, but I'm just talking about the mood of the the songs and the recording itself because everything vibed into that pandemic. You know, I mean, like right. it was just thick. The feeling, everybody wore it, regardless if you didn't want to or it didn't matter. It was just a heavy time. So I'm just like wondering, not only did it sound like it was recorded separately with here's this part, here's this part, here's this layer, here's this layer. But does it feel different? I mean, there, like, does it feel heavier? And even if it's not lyrically heavier or if it's not musically heavier, is there a heaviness to the five Vibe, that, yeah, most, that yeah. maybe you don't even realize because you've never thought about it or listened to it like that? But is I would I would I would almost be surprised if there wasn't a difference in the those two separate five song recordings with the overall feel. Yeah, no, there is. And what it is, is the first few songs were really about resilience, right? You know, we're in the middle of it, right? Had tons of stuff getting thrown at us every day. Everything's crazy. You don't know what the heck's going on, right? And while that's a theme that runs throughout it, I think that, you know, like the first five songs were about getting through it. And the last are a little bit more about walking away from it and getting beyond it. Like, you listen to a song like Exit the King, which honestly is, like, just about, and there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into where that came from, but it really is just about walking away and saying, you know, I know what it's important to me, and I'm walking away with that. Mm. 
Whereas the first few songs, Shelter, uh, Guaranteed Catastrophe for sure this time, uh, those were all really about, you know, how am I getting through this? So it did, it definitely impacted the way things got written. And then you listened to, and then there were funny songs. I mean, High End Lo-Fi Blues is really about me getting drunk on the couch and buying shit on my iPhone and buying records and stuff. <laughs> because you're like, I don't know what else to do. And this is like, you know, the way I'm going to get through this is, you know. <laughs> drinking some decent bourbon and buying a record I didn't need and whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. I bought right. an RV. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's guilty. All yeah. Right. I mean, we all did a little bit of that. Um, and then you listen to songs like Karma Delivery, the title song It is really, you know, coming out of all that. But that's the one that probably is lyrically, I guess, the most different because it, it really comes from an expression amongst my friends when you'd see somebody kind of getting what was coming to them. You know, Karma's the most on-time delivery service ever. And that got shortened to just, you'd see something happen and you'd get a text that said, get a picture in Karma delivery. And I don't know, I just kind of thought up a story from that and David and I sent stuff back and forth. And that was one where we actually got to go into a room together and play it. And the feel was... I think you can feel the difference in that. I mean, it's a heavy song. It's, I mean, it's a harder rock song, um, intentionally so, but it doesn't feel quite as, it's not quite as sad, even though it's not about happy things. Maybe it's about connection. Maybe those first five would feel a little bit more disconnected regardless of what the, you know, yeah. even though you wrote them in the time and you're talking about, you know, being in the midst and getting through, um, maybe that's it. Maybe the, maybe the layers kind of <clears throat> add to what was going on and, and what you were trying to say. Maybe that maybe it worked out better that way. Um, yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. I mean, you look at, uh, we have a song called Can't Slow Down that, I, you know, it's like the happiest song ever written about a funeral. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it was coming out of that stuff and finding mm -hmm. positivity. Um, and so, you know, people look at me a lot with the songwriting, but really it's like I bought brought the groceries, but we all made dinner together, right? I think Cancel It Down, Exit the King, songs like that, you know, we'd, we had a, the, the shell of what was going to go on, you know, some lyrics and hear the chords, and then we'd come in and everybody's got ideas. Everybody of, hey, what if we did this? What if we flip this over here? And, and that's, I think, why the other songs on the record sound maybe more cohesive because it's got a lot more insight from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And we'd also grown writing together more, where people were comfortable going, hey, what if we did this? Instead of, oh, maybe I shouldn't say. Yeah. Huh. Interesting, man. Yeah, that, you know, that's the another thing that I kind of am learning with the songwriting process is um, other voices matter. When it, you know, oh, yeah. you can definitely get stuck in, um, in your own thing to where you know I, I spent most of my entire life writing by myself until you know the last few years with Brent and then now Dusty and a few other people um I, and I don't even think it's so much going well I don't want I want to be the one who wrote it I don't want a co-writer it's just it's such an intimate and personal thing to free what you are writing up to allow another voice and it's like a trust thing and, and it's almost like a trust fall you know okay I'm going to give you this and I trust you not to uh, you know step on my my emotions or, or you know my intent here and, and um, it, it opens the song up you know 
Yeah, for sure. Especially when you have a good idea and you bring it to a group. Especially, you know, you got 57 people in this band, so there's always... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there's always going to be a, a, a somebody that can kind of complete that sentence for you or figure out that, hey, what if we go here with this next chord change, which has been um, part of the process that I've loved, you know, writing with other people. It's just... Oh, it's so stuff much better you never because... Listen, I, I'm a firm believer that my my idea isn't the, the ultimate version of what this is. I mean, we have a song called Exit the King where I'd been playing this riff in my house and it was just, oh, this is great. And we were playing it in the practice room and uh, Donnie, our bass player, went, no, 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 don't do it that way. Like, just play this part and this part. And, and it was like a thousand times better. It was like, oh, I never would have thought to do that. Mm. Well, was it like a simplification? Uh Actually, yeah, it was. It was. It was. I was like, no, no, I, I have to add this for you. No, no, we'll do that later. Mm. And uh, and th- that made that one part stand out so much more when we did that. Whereas the first part just kind of locks you into this riff. Thinking like a simple bass player. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it was a great idea. And there's been times that, you know, Darren and I'll work on parts. And it's like, no, no, wait, what, what if we tried it this way? Or we tried it that mm-hmm. way? Or, and everybody has that input. Yep. Um, and you want them to. I mean, you know, everybody's coming from all these different backgrounds, all this different experience. I know what I know, mm-hmm. but I need to know what they know because they all know a bunch more shit than I do. Yeah. I would say anytime I'm in a room of musicians, if 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 I can be the worst player, then we'll be fine. Well, you know, because won that battle. Yeah. See, I mean, that's a, that's a, that is a good room to be in because you go, sweet, everybody's better than me. I'm going to learn something totally. today. I'm going to figure oh, I'm something out. I'm stealing ideas from everybody. Yeah. That's why you got to have friends like, you know, Dusty and guys <laughs> like that. You just cheat off of them. Uh-huh. Come on. That's mine now, baby. <laughs> Plus, I mean, I think, you know, we started off. It's not like we didn't have this intent to like create an album even. No. You know, like, we 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 just it was an excuse to play, you know, getting into the studio, even if we had to do it separately, and and just kind of, you know, mm. um, give this kind of original stuff a shot. That's um, interesting. So once we got a few songs under our belt and started to feel some kind of um, character building and some real sound that we're developing, um, I think it started to pour out of Brian, you know, and, and the band a little bit more. Um, well, it's and, wild that you didn't have the intent yeah, to make it even And then an once album. you get yeah. to that point, there's this kind of point of no return. And like, listen, we've got those five. I mean, let's, let's do this. Let's like, let's, you know, this isn't just us playing around. We've got five songs. Let's get together and like uh, make a real album we're proud of, I think. I mean, that's how I looked at it. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah you take a little flowing. little bit more pride, I think, as you go along when you have a little intent. It's a special thing to have an album, I think. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Not everyone gets to do that. Um, big sure. in Germany, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> big in Sheboygan. Big in Sheboygan. <laughs> well, and then uh, Woody was talking about, you know, we invited him to come in. We had, was it five or six songs that were still left to do? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up. About half, a, yeah. Woody, Woody rolls up with a, a Nord and a Rhodes and like a bank Orleans of there. keyboards. It was amazing. And I was the like, Moog. this is going to be so great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we'd sent him uh, the rough mixes of the songs without keyboards. 
And it was just me and Donnie and Woody sitting in the studio. And I think you knocked out four of them in that first setting. Like, what if I did this? And we're like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Yes, do that again. They record that. Make, make sure we get that. Uh, and then we came back and finished it up. And we were kind of under the gun because we had an album release show. Because it was like, all right, we better put a date on the calendar to finish this thing. Um, but it, 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 having Woody on the, on the keyboards on that took it to such another level. Because mm-hmm. it was you know, such creativity and, and such great playing. Yeah. And it was what it needed. Yeah. It really needed that sound. And you get, you know, you get a player like Woody, you go, yeah, you just record it. Yeah. Go, go yep. do you, do you, you play whatever you want to play. And I'll sit in here and go, I said, I couldn't that do that. It's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that's what it, this song could sound like. You know, it's, yep. it's, you just. Ashley and Tony were the same. I mean, just like super oh, yeah. professional and you come in and, uh, you know, out. we wanted that. I mean, I was literally, I'm going to go down as Baptist church. I'm going to some gospel singers, you know, and when they came in, I was just hoping they had that sound is that deep, rich sound. And like, they just know how to enhance it, you know, like where to, where to fill in and like, you know, definitely add some more depth to my vocals, you know, since I'm a little, you know, a little higher and, um, I, I, yeah, they just know, they just know what to do. It's not like a lot of handholding in that regard, um, uh, with, the, with the, with the, with those harmonies either. Something. One thing that I would hate to do is, is like, hey, do you want, let's, let's work on our harmonies. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's the line I sing. You all, can y'all figure it out? Yeah. I'll tell you right now, this is the longest thing let me harmonies. hold mic into any of these practices ever. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. But this is a, yeah, practice is, is really for the, the guitar players. Let's face it. I mean, you know, <laughs> how often do we work on harmonies? It's amazing. You know, we do what we do. We can do we do modular guitar or modular band practices where it's just strings or just this guy. We'll have a band practice without the drums. Dude, you have six what six people, eight, eight people. You have to do modular band practices. Managing I know how bands eight work. adult schedules is <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Nightmare. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. That's what well, even when Brad sent the email, he's like, I don't know what we're gonna have. I'm gonna send the email and see what so we got the list and then I was like, Okay, I'm pretty sure singers don't play guitars. Or instruments. <laughs> so we're looking at... Yeah, so, you know, it worked out. All right, Dusty. Yeah, yeah. My so man, the, the, you got to go to the Brad's uh, Corner questions. Is the whole band or individually anything we should do? Uh, just everybody. Okay, this cool. Is a, this is, that's a good one. This is the... Um, <laughs> this is the Brad special three here. So we're going to we're gonna start with uh, with you, Darren. Or David. Is it Dave, David. David. Okay, you're Darren. Darren. Okay. Uh, what's something non-musical... You want people to know about you, even if it's like a weird anything, uh, you know, collect the yeah. collection or I collect my toenails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not that essential. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I'm a twin. Oh, okay, um, All right. that's perfect. That's a great answer. The name Thomas. Tom. Yeah, fraternal. Okay. Uh, the name Thomas in the Bible means twin, ironically. Oh, really? My mom's a twin. My mom's twin head twins. You know, it's just it's just kind of in the... Your mom's what? twin head twins? Yeah. Yep. And your mom you... is a twin. So your mom, yeah, my your mom's, mom's a twin, twin as well. Twin head twin. My, mom's, my mom's twin, her daughter had twins, I guess is what it was. Yeah. Okay. So it was like... Yeah. Skip the generation. Skip the generation right? for wow. her. Yeah. And your um, mom had twins. Yeah, I've got... Yeah. Do you have kids? Yes, no, no twins. Fortunately, yeah, they are kids, definitely having twins. One of whoever has the, the you're, yeah. you're going to have twin They're grandchildren. They have a boy and boy and girl, but yeah, all right. On but that. no, yeah, um, but yeah, like you know, child of the eighties, you know, like you know, I was right, man, right. That's why I was like crows. It was just like right at that time, mm. 
where you're kind of an adult and you're mm-hmm. coming out in the, the 90s and just I had enough I got to see kind of the the late 80s and, and 90s and the, the music and I just there's something nostalgic about those those decades man mm. so like oh, yeah. I still kind of hold on to some of that shit you know yeah um it's like I take it upon myself to like bring my kids up with like the proper music. I mean, Finn, you know, we got the Alexa type of thing mm-hmm. and that. So <clears throat> he's in there and he just, he'll just Alexa, you know, but he's listening to Rush lately. It's like his thing. Nice. Uh, but I mean, really span, a, you know, just a, a good mix. Um, and uh, I just feel like it's part of something in that generation. Like I want to start him like on the Nintendo. So mm-hmm. he's playing original oh, yeah, Nintendo. Man. He's uh, watching like the Goonies and Karate Kid and like Back Ray. to the Future and shit, you know. Rad. So, um, anybody remember that movie? Yeah. Love Rad. Oh, Rad. Oh, yeah. The I had Rad BMX. Racing shirt on yesterday. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, I thought you were talking about Goonies. No, Rad. The movie Rad. BMX, the BMX. That's the BMX. That's yeah, the BMX. BMX. What? Dude, that is one of the best 80s movies ever. I'll have to watch it. Yes, sir. You got to watch Rad. Okay. All right. Sorry. I just got to say that. Age as well or not. I haven't seen oh, it. Right it's, up there with Gleaming it's the It's not cube. great. No, it's not great. That's why it's Rad. It's not good. It's Rad. All right. Uh, Dan, what about you, Darren? Um, things about me. Something, Something interesting. So many. Non-musical. Non-musical. I despise golf. Mm. Oh. All right. I, I love so Jim, many things. We're going on to you. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but as a recovery, I have an exact replica of OJ Simpson's Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> he, does. he does and I'm not lying as a recovery <laughs> so I'm pretty much I'm back to zero I love that yes I do that's fantastic I do have OJ Simpson's Bronco and I um, I don't know why I'm just that just came to mind you ought to give of, like Uber getaway rides like get in the back I'll drive you around town have a license and drop plate that off. says the juice is loose so yes. have some have some leather Dude. driving gloves in there Absolutely. have somebody with a like a fake drone helicopter following the thing mm-hmm. to make it feel like a real yeah. chase so, I used to go to parties and drive that thing to parties all the time <laughs> and completely bullshit people. We would be playing cards, drinking, goofing around. I was like, hey, man, you know, I, I won OJ's. He came upon hard times. It was Al Cowling's freaking Bronco. Nobody knew the real story. So, I was like, you know, I, you know, OJ became, came on hard times during the trial and I bought that, I bought that Bronco, you know, from a guy and then, or from a guy who bought it from him and, Long story, and people would actually go out and get pictures taken with it. Wow! <laughs> and, I, and I'd never ever. Sorry, everybody. This it was is good. I did that too. Uh, <laughs> no, and I never, I never, uh, never admitted to it. But uh, until just now, Amen. until just now, that that's not. It was. It's the exact same. Everything. It's just not actually, Mister the Ju- Mister Juices, Mister Juices, gotcha. <laughs> uh, wow. rig by any means. <laughs> And I'm I'm really sorry if I've offended any golfers. Oh man! There. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. Not offended, but it's just funny because he's got a he's got a golf like a golf course in his backyard, basically. Well, I do too. Actually, the funny thing is, my house backs up to a golf course. Oh, I don't have a real is golf course. Why? I got my golf huh? course. Is that why you traumatized? No, I'm happy these Valhalla. It's it's actually an abandoned golf course. What? Oh. Yeah. What? So you want to talk about fun, man? You want to go cut some so, grass? Up, sure. You want me to bring my oh, golf course? Sure. That's why you hate it. There's just like no. It's like it's an abandoned golf course. It's kind of my backyard play. Uh, I know the people that own it. I take my dogs out walking on the, the golf course. That's how much just, he hates golf course. Like shit on this golf course, <laughs> all over it. You see those patches, man? I did that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, my take my two little uh, Labrador dachshund uh, weird animals out uh, and onto the golf course, man. Have a good old time with that. That's the doors. That's the doors. Uh, wiener retrievers. <laughs> <laughs> You've been, never mind. All right, what about you, Jim? Uh, well, like Darren, I hate golf too. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't live next to a golf course now, but when I was a kid, our house backed up to a golf course that was not haunted or abandoned. Ah. Um, and that was in 1977, 78, around then. And back then, golf courses were good for one thing, sledding. Ah. Those blizzards, those two winters. <laughs> freaking awesome. So, um, yes, and something non-musical about me. Uh, I taught Donnie, our bass player, how to drive a stick. All right. When he was 16. Hey, man. Donnie and I have known each other since we grew up together in E-Town. He's, I'm a little bit older than him, but we've known each other since we were kids. Dude, uh, driving a stick is a lost art. It is. I'm telling you. And you know what I really like about driving a stick? I've seriously thought about uh, my youngest teaching him because you can't text. You can't mess with your mm. phone and drive a stick. It's it, yeah. That's why I try. I tried to teach my daughter to yeah. drive it for that reason. Yeah, it, it's a lifesaver. Well, hopefully not a lifesaver. Hopefully everybody lives, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's a it's a good hack to teenage <laughs> driving. And when the zombie apocalypse comes, they'll be the ones who can yeah get that car going. Yeah, that's a fact. Hey, my my uncle uh, was a athletic director at Faraday High School for many many years. And he taught me how to drive an 86 CJ7 Jeep on the track uh, when I was like 13 years old. And he swore to me, boy, that's what he always said, boy, 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 you can drive this Jeep, you can drive anything in the world. And he's right. I drove, I <laughs> drove it down. Clutch, oh, man. Just clutch. It's just, they were, yeah, I don't know. It worked. I can drive. I can still drive a clutch to this day, man. Me too. One of my cars <laughs> is, a, is a manual. What about you, Woody? Uh, pretty neutral on golf, actually. All right. Really feel yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought in this golf uh, theme. Am I, I mean, a golf you know, my, my interests are, are so broad. Even my music-related interests, or non-music-related interests are music-related. It's just all music. So I'm <laughs> I'm probably pretty boring like that, honestly. Like, I, I go to concerts. I work on music. I play with bands. I try to write stuff. And so... Yeah, I'm uninteresting, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of a sci-fi nerd, I guess. Uh, I've watched like every every Doctor Who episode at least twice. Uh, no shit. Know, There's I, a lot of those, right? Yeah. What's, I'm, your, what's your strategy for a zombie apocalypse? I know you have one. Well, I would I would mm -hmm. hope to be abducted by aliens, <laughs> or you know, or learn how to drive a clutch. <laughs> yeah, my brother taught me to drive a stick in his '67 Beetle. Talk oh, about nice. hard to freaking mm, dude. Man, if you can drive that thing. It was a monster. 66. You flip it over, you can uh, take it on that old golf uh, sledding hill of gems from back in the day. I do have a collection of, uh, this is also music related, so back to that, uh, <laughs> a collection of Vinnie Paul related memorabilia, Vinnie Paul Abbott, of course, okay. Pantera, Damage Plan, etc. Hell yeah. Amazing. Uh, I have his um, apron that... He barbecued in. It's a kiss the cook with Gene Simmons face on it. And it's got sauce all over it. I've got it like it's like the centerpiece in my dining room in a shadow box. No kidding. Done up real nice. Uh so how I could, did you get that? Um that was sort of an auction. But okay. there's I my wife and I were, you know, she's a big metalhead. Uh, I'm a metalhead myself. Uh I don't know how I always gravitate towards like this 
<laughs> soul and and more rootsy and Americana kind of bluesy music. That's kind of what I always tend to end up playing. But I I go home and listen to Slayer. So <laughs> I don't know how that works. But yeah, we actually uh, when my wife and I got married, we got uh, we were married by an Elvis impersonator, of course. And of we course, eloped to Vegas. And then that night, we ended up at a bowling alley down the street, um, Brooklyn Bowl in Vegas, where Hell Yeah was playing that night. Nice. And no shit. My wife's in this amazing, like, black wedding dress. It's like, oh, she looks totally brutal and amazing. <laughs> and, and, you know, kind of caught the band's attention. Vinnie Paul sent out uh, his drum tech and is like, man, you guys, oh, you guys got married. And, you know, so we, we were able to, like, meet him a couple times. He... We've got, we've got drumsticks and set lists and stuff that he gave us that night. Uh, oh, the whole collection awesome. kind of started from there. It's a wedding gift, man. Yeah, man. That's awesome. And, you know, we talked to, uh, got to talk to him and Chad Gray from Mudvayne was there with Hell Yeah, of course. And they're both, like, giving us, like, marriage counseling. <laughs> like, here's what you got to do. You're going you're gonna to fight, but you just think back to this moment. You know, think back to how you feel today. And just always come back to that, and you'll get through it. That hey, was man, Chad's that's advice. Good advice. Yeah. Right on. Right, I'm a professional golfer. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. I'm, I'm uh, kind of ambivalent about golf. I do have a personal zombie apocalypse strategy, which is you always watch these shows and you see the survivors and they're tired and they're hungry and they're miserable and that looks terrible. But you don't want to be one of the zombies like that are. You don't want to be eaten by one, right? So the strategy is day one, you go out, you grab one of them. You bring him to the house. You get him to just nibble on your arm just a little bit. Throw him back out. You wait. You turn into a zombie. You spend the rest of your life walking around looking for snacks. That's what <laughs> I was going to be doing anyway. <laughs> there, you look at the zombies. No stress. No stress. They're not. They're not worried about anything. They don't have to eat anything because they're already dead. Huh. You know. All right. I don't know if zombies poop or not. I'm a little worried about that. I don't know. I'm never. You wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't care. Good question. Right. Your I brain mean, just kind of shuts off. I think right? when you go to it, that. I guess that either side. way, it's fine as long as you're not uncomfortable. I don't want to be swollen or you know. I, I don't want. Discomfort. I guess the real question is that they white zombies. <laughs> Absolutely not. I know this for a fact. <laughs> you can always grab a hand if you needed one. Off. Ashley. Oh well. Okay. So I guess a non-musical thing, kind of like Woody, though, I'm involved in a lot of music and different things. Um, I grew up as a classical ballet dancer, so oh, I did cool. that for a good part of my life. So okay. that's like my foundational performance aspect. And I also perform with the Vava Va Vixens. Okay. Um, that's a local burlesque troupe and variety troupe, and that's right a lot of fun. I do three or four shows a year with them. Awesome. So, yeah, I get to sing, I get to do a little bit of dancing, I get to be, like, the metal gothy person that I am, <laughs> Jack for the most trades, part. Huh? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a little bit of mystery about me, I guess. I looked at your feet immediately when you said ballerina, because I just think you like, toes. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that move? Yeah, the point shoes. Yeah. yeah. No. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would hope. I, yeah. yeah. I just think of breaking toes. Yeah, you'd have to have you like toes of steel, to right? Point. I can imagine. Yeah, you kind of do a lot of exercises and decade of training before you like get to that point. You know? Yeah, that's true. Special right. stuff. So I guess the uh, this can kind of be a collective question for the group. Yeah. Um, so have you all, since the, uh, I guess, pandemic or pre or post, and a lot of you all have played together before, uh, can you think of any like nightmare 
gigs or situations that you, you all have been in. Let me just yeah. preface this. Do not say the name of the bar when you mention the rocks. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I like okay. that, dude. All right, yeah, so I did this. But, hey, let me give him the setup. <laughs> We're playing at a bar. And a friend of mine says, hey, by the way, there's these three like limestone bricks on the stage. Don't touch them. I was like, uh, you're it's like the spinal tap stonehenge over there. Yeah. It's so weird. It was like, it was a small spinal tap stonehenge sculpture laying on its side kind of. And we never understood why don't why don't you touch the rocks? I don't know. You just don't touch the rocks. Bad luck. Well, yeah, <laughs> clearly it was. The obelisks have juju. <laughs> <laughs> but we learn. We yeah, learned I learned. So apparently, I sat a set list on the <clears throat> rocks, and I didn't, I didn't know, but these rocks kept an outlet on the stage together. Intact. Instead of using tools and screws and tape and <laughs> conventional, we're not saying where this bar is. It could be in any city, be anywhere. anywhere, really. <laughs> but no, three Stonehenge limestone rocks stacked up, and I set a set list on it for just a hot second, and and that's the sound that it made. The all we all the power to the stage, the, yeah, the lights, mains, the subs, sound, the lights, everything. everything made this horrifying digital death sound oh. real, real, what, really loud. What part of the stage was, like, what area of the stage was it in? Right front of the stage. Why would that right next like, to your It's phone. like, hey, this is a great place so to plug in a pedal stage. board. No, we're not going to plug in a pedal board. We're going to plug in everything <laughs> on the stage. If, you, you know, the scene in A Christmas Story where they've yeah. got the one plug <laughs> just powering everything. Blue the fuse again. That's how that ha- And so I, I caught that. That was me destroying everything uh, that night. We finally got it up and running after, I don't know really what happened. I loaned somebody a flashlight and they took off and then never, <laughs> I never got my flashlight back. I like light, But light. you got sound. We got sound and my Lord, did I not touch those bricks ever, ever again. <laughs> and ever since then, um, I'm going to start, that's going to be kind of my some of my stage props right there is I'm going to start putting some little limestones <laughs> right in front of me. It was so impactful. It's like an invisible fence for your dog. If we need him to stay in an area, we just put the bricks out. And he just kind of yelps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned real quick. And it's like, I was scared of those bricks all night. The whole show, I, I would just edge away, you know, and, and just, I, I was already far enough away, but I just like kicked my pedal board over a little bit more and scoot <laughs> over a little bit more. And I was damn near center stage by the end of the show. Wow. <laughs> I was outside. Like, I was, I don't remember. I had to run some errand, like, we sound checked, and I had to do something. I was going to come back, and I was outside, and like the sky lit up, and there was like a shower of sparks like, out front in the street. I don't know how, like, it was freaking crazy. I, I got excited for a minute, though, because I thought my aliens were coming for me. It's like, this is it. All right. Time has come. All right. Last question Who's the last local artist you listened to? Yeah. I went and saw Dave Ernst in the early favorites Saturday. Uh, I think a bunch of us have been to see the low glow quite a few times because most of that band is nice guys. Not not everyone, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> like no, you said, we're all player. friends with a lot of <laughs> you know these groups, and uh, we've all played together. Um, and they make music that we enjoy going to hang out yeah. here. Uh, cool. Anybody else? Danny Flanagan, mm. uh, little band. He's, awesome. he's playing tonight at uh, the Raven. Yes. Yeah. Um, I work. I work with his drummer. And I hadn't really listened to any of their Brian stuff. Cronin? Brian Cronin, yeah. He, he recorded one of my records a while back. Yeah, yeah. Over Goldsmith, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Good dude. 
Me and you got all kinds of stuff to talk about. <laughs> but um, I was pull, uh, <clears throat> I kind of just happened upon this song and uh, I thought it was great, so great that I was like, we're going to steal this. Nobody knows who this is. We're going to cover <laughs> this tune. And then, you know, and I, I was, uh, you know, had to run into a store and get something real quick. And I didn't leave until the song was over with. And it, it was on like Roots and Boots on 91.9 or something like that. And I'm like, that's incredible. I want to hear that twice before I make it home. And it's Little Band. It was Danny Flanagan, Jenna Lee. Oh, that's a good song. That is a great song. So, yeah, that, that struck me. All right, I'm gonna check that out, a little cool. man. Nervous Melvin and the mistakes. Oh man, all right, oh, man. No, I'm back. Such a pawn shop of friends of mine, and I like seeing them. They're okay, nervous. Well, a lot of like a big butcher town pub flashback. Oh yeah, that was old. Uh, Mac, Marvin Maxwell, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Here's a cool one that was new to me. Uh, Palomina is what they're called, based out of Louisville. And it was, uh, you know, it's hard not to name drop my own bands because that's the only time I ever get to go out is when I'm playing. But it was uh, Drift City, who I play with, Hawks, and Palomino was in the middle. And, man, they were so cool. I think they're based out of sort of the Portland area, down west, northwest Louisville. And real spacey, psychedelic, but just super interesting songwriting. Those guys are cool. Cool. Awesome. I have to check that out. Midnight Lounge Crew. Oh, yeah. Love those guys. Go. They're fantastic. Yeah, I, heard I, know, a lot of I think I know about the guitar them. player. <laughs> <laughs> I Singer, saw the guitar she's player Chuck Nashley. <laughs> I saw them just last week. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had a gig with them, didn't we? <laughs> um, I just went and saw Overload and Wild Ride and American Bombshell. And that was a great show. Cool. Where was that? Metal, metal band. Over in Losers 812. In oh, okay. You have to check that place right. out. I've seen it's, a lot of my friends have played there. It's a, it's a lot of good yeah. bands go through there. So. Right on. Well, y'all want to play another one for us? Yeah. All right, what do you got? Yep, you got it. Uh, It's called Guaranteed Catastrophe. All right.
So uh, to our listeners that want to follow you all or find you out on the road somewhere uh, in a playing some tunes and um, where can they find you as far as you know Spotify's Instagrams all that stuff? Yeah, I mean we're out there. You know all the major music streams. You know you'll you'll find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, those types of things. Um, we tend to use Facebook quite a bit. You know in terms of our uh, promoting our events, but you know we're out on Instagram that type of thing. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I think it's the best place to go. Right on. Just you look got us a, up, Runaway Souls. Any any shows coming up in the next month or two? Yeah, our friends over at Melwood Tavern, you know, oh, right Sunday on. service. Um, so, just such a fun concert series. Yeah, we love dude. playing that. So we've got that coming up on May 21st. All right, right so on. So come on out. This will be out right around then too, right? Great timing. Perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Definitely got to get out to see you all. Thanks again for coming. Now you got to play one more for us before we let you leave. We didn't plan that. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got one? Do you got one? 
Uh, uh, we got a whole hour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's play one more. Oh, yeah. It'll all work. Ooh, I like this. Uh, yeah. Let's try that. Really? <laughs> yes. It's a bold move. All right. Exit the king. We're going to do it. All right.
that's coming out. Never work acoustic. 